Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermon. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the word. I'd like to start off this morning with a truth. We are not perfect. All right. Okay. Let, let, let's, let's bring that home again. Um, repeat after me. Say, I am not perfect. Turn to your neighbor. Say, you are not. Stop right there because if you guys are married, I ain't trying to start no fights in the house of God this morning. Let's just stop that. God's a God of unity. All right. Okay. Anyway, so let's take this back. Let's take this back to a personal thing this morning. All right. All right, the bottom line is, all right, no one in this room is perfect. No matter what your mom and them told you, your spouse, your third grade teacher, your soccer coach, or anyone else told you, no one in this room is perfect, okay? But the good news is, if we are walking with Christ today, we are heading towards perfection because Him inside of us is who gets us there, amen? Okay, now that we've settled that, and you've been relieved of that pressure, all right? Let's talk about why there's a search bar on the title screen. All right, let's, let's get into this this morning. So have you guys ever had something that's just nagging at you, okay? Something you can't figure out, whether it be computer issues. Anybody ever been there before? Technical issues, something with a tool, something with a vehicle. Lingering issues, maybe in your body or circumstances that are, you know, you are connected with. Just lingering things that should be fine, but they keep coming back, okay? And at times, when those things rise and are persistent and you can't figure them out, what has to happen? You have to go and search out what's going on. Um, you know, as I was writing this message yesterday, it's hilarious. There was actually a situation in my own home. You know, in our, um, in our upstairs restroom, there's some, um, you know, there's some connecting pipe for the P-trap. So sometimes it's not always the greatest, the, the original uh, material that was used there. So a lot of times it'll catch and it'll clog. And, um, you know, I, I'm one of the guys that's like, you know, I'm the reason that plumbers have a job. Okay? Um, I'm like, hey, let's get on the phone. Let's call somebody who knows what in the world they're doing so that I can keep peace of mind and so that they can have some money made, right? Right? Whereas my wife, my amazing, awesome, figure-it-out wife, um, who oftentimes wants me to join in her on those adventures, but after 13 years of marriage, knows me well enough to not really push it, decided that she was going to take apart the sink and clean out the clog and um, in, in no, you know, Actually, not in certain terms, in very uncertain terms, just kind of came into the kitchen and just casually announced with the bowl in hand, no words being spoken, that she had figured it out, and, uh, and the problem had been solved. And uh, no, no thanks to me, but it's okay. All right. But the point is, we all know what it's like to have something like that, something lingering, something nagging, and you know whether it's you getting on the phone and calling, something has to be searched out. There needs to be a search, right, to get to the answer. I'm reminded of the guy who took his brand new car to the shop and told the service manager, something's wrong, my car is not running correctly, and I don't know why. 
The service manager expediently replies that he'll be right on it, sir. He takes the car to the back and begins to run full scan diagnostics on it. After a while, he returns to the gentleman and informs him, uh, sadly enough, that the oil in his engine is thick as molasses, black as night, his transmission fluid, his age is past needing to be changed, uh, his spark plugs have zero tip left on them and they're grossly misfiring, along with a host of other issues all stemming from basically long overdue regular maintenance. That can't be. I didn't buy this car used. This is a brand new car. I wash it and wax it every weekend. It should be fine. Puzzled by the every weekend comment, the service manager asked the man carefully when he purchased the car. The man replied, seven years ago. Now, can we get back to the matter at hand? (laughs) Guys, let me just give you a simple truth this morning. Even a pristine-looking car needs maintenance every now and then, and that requires looking under the hood. You know, as silly as that story is, we need to remember in our lives with Christ that in order to continue living life with our Savior to its fullest, we must not be afraid to also continually let the Lord search us and reveal what he finds. I know there's been times in my own life with God where I've, I've done that very same thing. And I've been, I've been going on with life with God, just kind of rolling down the road, right, as it were. And um, I've resisted at times that just pull inside of me where I know I need to pull over, stop for a bit, spend some time with God, and let him look under the hood and search me. Because the truth of the matter is, and hear this this morning, a car, and also us, doesn't always have to do something wrong to develop something that needs to be addressed. I'm going to say that again. And put, you know, put yourself in the place. Put your name in the place of that statement, a car. The truth of the matter is, a car doesn't always have to do something wrong to develop something that needs to be addressed. Think about it. Have you ever found yourself in a spot where you know, we just asked earlier, but now we're just asking to look inwardly. You know something is not right, but you don't really have a reason for it. But instead of trying to search it out, you find yourself going, I'll just give it time. Maybe it'll just go away on its own. You know, I'm sure we've all been there before saying this to others or even to God. Man, I cannot believe this is coming up again. I thought I dealt with that forever ago. Anybody ever been there? We can say it this way. Man, I put that belt on that car two years ago. I didn't think I was going to have to deal with this again. You guys see where we're going this morning. Obviously, just as things that come and bring maintenance and bring renewed life to a vehicle, it doesn't mean something has to happen that is wrong. Many times, it just means that there are times where there are things that need to be addressed as we continue down the road of life. We can sometimes forget That the word of God says, the word of God says, in this world, you will have troubles. Okay? He made that really specific. You will. Not he or she might, but you will. Meaning it's an absolute definite. Now, whatever those troubles are, whatever they, you know, happen to be in our lives, whether they produce a victory in our lives or whether they produce a valley season that we have to walk through, they still create Wear and tear on your soul. 
the victories, the valleys, and everything in between, as you go down this walk, this Christian walk of life, it still creates wear and tear on your soul. And that is why the word gives us these incredibly encouraging words in Psalm 139. And we're going to read this. Okay, we're going to, it's up on the screen here. So I'm going to read it this morning. We're going to take the whole psalm here because it's really encouraging. I want you guys to listen to it this morning. Oh Lord, you've examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you're there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Anybody feeling encouraged yet? I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. How um, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. I love this right here. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God? They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, shouldn't I hate those who hate you? Shouldn't I despise those who oppose you? Yes, I hate them with total hatred for your enemies are my enemies. And then let's land this right here. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, keep this in mind. This is from a psalm of David. The Bible refers to him as a man after God's own heart. Remember that? Okay, those of you maybe have heard that phrase being used for David before. Now, even as he utters this incredibly beautiful psalm of praise to God, he takes a big left turn, right? And he starts to speak of the wicked that has been in life and how he hates them because they're God's enemies, right? In the midst of profound praise comes fierce emotion pretty much in the opposite direction, right? For a brief moment. How many of you guys have ever had that happen to you before in prayer? You're like praying, you're like, you're this, you're this, and then you get like the squirrel moment. And by the way, God, thank you so much that you're amazing. And Lord, I just ask that you do something about XYZ, God. Just, whoo, Lord, just take them. Oh, yes, Lord God, right now. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and for your grace. All right. Right? Um, <laughs> David's next words after that, it's almost like he takes that detour for a second. It's like, oh, let me get back on the road. Right? And then he asks God in that moment to search him and show him if there is sin in his heart and lead him in the right way. These words, the praise, the detour, 
And then the final closing there should serve as a reminder to us. We won't always understand everything, but we serve a God who does. Because I wonder if, you know, immediately, if God immediately answered that prayer, is like, well, David, since you asked me to search you, uh, maybe we should talk about some of your, your hatred issues. Again, I'm not trying to put words in God's mouth there, but um, we definitely realize, obviously, to, to go back to those scripture verses, we recognize that we are with the Lord, okay? And obviously, we know that God, we stand with God. We do not stand with our enemy, okay? And so as we stand for God, that means that we will find ourselves against our enemy, right? However, many times, if you go throughout the Psalms, I, I, I love reading the Psalms because I just kind of feel this kindred with David because David is just like, man, he's like just praising God and then like just like telling God what a bad day he's having, right? And then it's always like, God, it's this, and man, I'm just, I cannot believe this, but then he always ends it with, still, I will trust you, Right? That's why he's a man after God's own heart, because even in the midst of his failings, his fallings, he still always made sure that he went back to God. Even and he had, you know, we can not to get off in the weeds here about it, but, you know, we've talked about it before. You know, King David was not a perfect man. There were some things that he did while he was mighty king, not just a stable boy or a shepherd boy trying to become a king. While he was a mighty king, there were some major mistakes that David did, to put it mildly. And yet he turned full 180 and said, God, I'm not going to do that again and continue to walk with him. But again, we find ourselves, just like King David, finding ourselves in moments where we're praising and then finding situations that we don't understand. So God, can you search me? God, can you show me? There's things going on that I don't understand. We serve a God who does. Let me remind you all of something. God is not afraid of our questions. He's not afraid of us coming to him with what is troubling us. His greatest desire is that we do come to him. How incredibly wonderful that the God who knows everything about us as well as everything else there is to know about everything has offered to be near us. Amen? Uh, for those of you who are in Cultivate, You'll know this, but um, in the current Cultivate session, we've been um, in the session called Finding Freedom. So we've hit on some subjects that have caused us to begin to look under the hood a bit, okay? Look under our hood. And the analogy that I've shared with the class before is that if you're going to cultivate the ground to produce something, at times that soil has to be dug into and stirred up a little bit. Now, that truth isn't just for those taking cultivate. It's for all of us this morning. God wants to draw us deeper into him, and at times that involves digging deeper into the things of ourselves that he knew already when we were three layers further up above the ground that we weren't ready to deal with yet, right? Because some of us may find, like, God, I'm walking with you. I'm like, I, I shouldn't be dealing with this. Well, you know what? There are some times where God's like, look, I'm with you. You're my child. You're mine. But there's some things you're not ready to be shown yet. There's some things that I already know that I've already searched out. When the time is right, when you get there, you'll be ready to deal with it. That's why many times when we go, God, I thought I already dealt with this. Well, yeah, you dealt with it here. But when you get down to this layer in me, there's going to be some things that I want to do in you that are going to involve you going back to this and me dealing a little more with you about it because you don't know everything. I do. Can I get an amen? Sometimes that, you know, that, well, that should always be a comfort to us. But I know in the natural, sometimes it's like, oh, gosh, really? Okay. But, Lord, I'm going to trust you through with it. Now, again, like I just said, that process can sometimes be difficult. And it can take us getting vulnerable. 
But that process of him searching us and revealing those things to us, again, it's like from the start, what I talked about. That is what perfects us. That is what perfects you. That is what perfects me. That is what brings us into that Christ-like perfection. Let me read another psalm for you this morning, Psalm 138. I will praise you with my whole heart. Before the gods, I will sing praises to you. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. In the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, when they hear the words of your mouth. Yes, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. Though the Lord is on high, yet he regards the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. Come on, somebody say amen. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath of my enemies and your right hand and your right hand here we go, will save me. The Lord, right here, this is what I want you guys to hear out of this. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Amen? The word of God speaks far better than any communicator that could ever get up to this pulpit. I'm so grateful for his word. Those two passages alone just bring so much encouragement Yes, they speak of troubles, but they speak of what our God is bigger than. He's bigger than those troubles. Listening to these words of David, you see what a vulnerable heart can express. Verse 8 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Right? A vulnerable heart can express that. And then we see in that same passage what a heart that has been searched what it receives. Going back to verse 3, in the day when I cried out, you answered me and made me bold with strength in my soul. Amen? That's what we talked about. Wear and tear on our soul. Wear and tear as we go down this path of life, this walk with Christ. But the Lord is he who strengthens our heart. He is the one who strengthens our spirit. He's the one who strengthens our body. Amen? Seeing those words up there and hearing those words in our heart, I pray they go deep and encourage us to continue to live a life of openness and surrender. Because the truth of the matter is, even with all of this truth in and around us, let's just be honest, many times it's difficult. It's difficult to surrender to the ongoing process of allowing God to search us. So this morning, for just a brief moment, I want to say, why might we be resistant to allow God to search us? Why might we be resistant to that? Well, the first reason may be, you know, you know, there's not a single one of us in here that know every single thing about everyone in this room except for God and you, that person. And sometimes God even knows more about us than we do. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is one of the first reasons may be that we have something to hide. I said a car doesn't have to do something wrong to develop something that needs to be addressed, but that doesn't mean that sometimes things don't get done that are wrong that create needs that need to be addressed. The Lord searches. He knows. And you know what? There may be something inside of us that we feel like we have to hide. And if we feel that, that we can't share that, of course, we would be resistant potentially to share that with the Lord. Amen? The second one is we may have trouble trusting. It may just be something that God's trying to work inside of us. I really want you to be open. Yeah, I know, God. I know. I know. But you know what? There's just, there's just been a lot of hits that I've gone through recently. And, um, you know, um, 
God, honestly, I'm just really having a hard time feeling like I can even trust anything right now. You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody ever been there before? Number three, we may have become prideful. Uh, how dare you suggest that there's something in me, a child of God, that needs to be looked at? I'm a child of God. That's true, but that doesn't mean that we're perfect. Amen? We're being perfected. There's nothing wrong with me. Remember the one we just read, Psalm 138, verse 6 says, Though the Lord is on high, he regards the lowly, the proud he knows from afar. If there's pride in your heart at the absolute thought that anything could be inside of you that needs to be addressed, you may find yourself at a bit of a distance from God. Number four, let's just get real. Let's just get honest here. We might be afraid. We might be embarrassed of what might be found. I'll be the first one to raise my hand on that. You know, there's been some, some, um, some, some work and some different classes that we, have, uh, we as a staff have been going through, and it's been dealing with um, looking on the inside and asking God to search us. And if there's things inside of us that maybe we didn't realize, if there's been hurts or things that maybe we need to surrender to God. And I'll be, I'll be honest, there have, I have been like, God, I, I'm kind of scared of this process because I'm kind of afraid of what might be found. Anybody ever been there before? You know, it's just natural human nature. If there's things that like, you know, man, have, have you guys ever had something before, right? You know, it's like, I, this used to happen to me all the time with my dad. Tommy, did you, uh, can you go get XYZ for me? It's right over there and da, 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 go get it. <sighs> Come back. Dad, I couldn't find it. Tommy, did you look? Yeah, I looked, I looked, I searched. I went all through there and yeah, 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 yeah. Because the truth of the matter is I really wasn't listening. And I just kind of looked. And then he walks right over there and puts his hand right on what he needed me to get in the exact spot where he told me it would be. What happens there? Well, I'm embarrassed, right? Because I feel foolish. Because I made a really positive, declarative statement in the affirmative, and it turns out I was wrong. Okay? It's, again, it's just human nature. When we're found out that we're wrong, sometimes the natural reaction can be embarrassment. And so maybe at the thought of that, we might be afraid of that. Here's another one. And I actually, when I was preparing my notes yesterday, I didn't actually have this one. When I was uh, looking over things again this morning and just kind of talking with God, I, I, felt, I just felt like I needed to add this one. We may think God would be or is mad at us. We may think that if we allow God to search us and reveal to us that he would become mad at us or maybe he's already mad at us. Let me just remind you this morning, church, it's because he loves us that he's asking to do it at all. And if God wants to do that, we could probably go home on this truth right here. Then he's not going to be mad at you. He's the one that wants to work in you. And then the final one is this. If something is found, we may be wary of what it would take to work through a troublesome find. I'll raise my hand and go back to the drain clog. One of the reasons that I don't like doing those kind of things is because I'm not the handiest guy. If any of you have ever done anything with me, you know that to be true. And if you haven't done anything with me, then count yourself blessed. But the truth of the matter is, I know what it takes for this guy to be handy, okay? And I'm not always willing to commit myself. I'll just be honest with you this morning. Because I know the work that it's going to take. And I know many times, I know my nature, I, I get frustrated when I can't figure something out or when something's not working. 
And so in an effort, you know, I try to give it the old college try, and sometimes I'm successful, and at the end of it, I go, man, I should do that more often. But then there's some things that stump me, and then I get frustrated, and then I'm like, this is why I call plumbers, or whatever, right? But the truth of the matter is in our own lives, many times if we know there's something or we know there's a need, there's something that needs to be addressed, we might be afraid of what it's going to cost for us to deal with it. God, do I even have it in me to do what it's going to take to work through this? You know, as I thought about the analogy of letting the Savior look under our hood, going back to that car analogy, I thought about how many times in the natural, many of us develop similar issues that are rooted in these same reasons that I just mentioned. I mean, let's be honest, how many of us dread going to the doctor, dread going to the dentist, dread going to the mechanic, etc.? fill in the blank? Why do we dread those things? Because we usually only go to those places when something is what, church? wrong. And we don't always like the potential realities of what we have to do in the aftermath. But we push past those things and, um, you know, we, we still go and we still do them. We still go to the dentist. We still go to the doctor. We still go to the mechanic because we know that if we ignore those realities, we all know that those problems will just continue to do what? They're going to add up. So while we recognize these realities in the natural, many times, why do we find it so easy to push off the regular maintenance of our spiritual life? Let me close this little section right here by saying this. Jesus isn't trying to shame us. He's not trying to keep us under his thumb or even make a buck off of us. He wants us whole. So how do we allow God to search us? Okay, let's, let's just go. Let's take that all into consideration. Let's recognize, okay, yes, sometimes it's difficult. Yes, 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 I know. I don't always, but I, I know the need for it. Okay, so let's just get practical for the next few moments. How do we allow God to search us? How do we allow God? Well, I love to give the answer from the word of God. So let's look at the scripture again. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11. And here's the answer that I felt when I wrote that down preparing. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Amen? You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people, that right there, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? We need to do what King David did. We come before him and we ask him to search us, to show us how we're doing. God, are there some things in me, Lord? We've been, we've been going at this thing, Lord. There's a task that, I, that you've given me. There's a place that you've done. And God, I just... I know I've been spending regular time with you, but Lord, I just, I just want to ask God if, if, you know, how things are going. Is there anything inside of me that needs to change? We ask him. You know, if there's something specific going on inside of us, what do we do? We seek him for what it is and what needs to happen to bring restoration. You know, and if there's no answer, what do we do when we know there's someone home? We knock again until someone answers. Amen. 
We knock again until someone answers. The word just told us, everyone who knocks, the door will be open to him. The truth is, he's always home. He's always there. Now, there may, there may be a reason he wants us to be persistent in the asking. Maybe because he knows that we think we already know the answer, right? Or maybe he's waiting for his time to make it all work for our good. But his word has promised us that as we come to him as his children, he will not withhold good things from us. Again, remember what we just said. He wants us whole. Amen? So what do we gain? Right? So, you know, why would we be resistant to asking God to search us? How do we ask God to search us? And right here, what do we gain by allowing God to search us. Again, this is not an exhaustive list, but these were just three things that I believe God revealed to me. The first one, let's check this out, an accurate picture of our current state of affairs. Sometimes it's just good to know where we stand, amen? We have an enemy that would love to take advantage of those moments because, look, let's just be honest. God is always with us, but there are times where he is silent. Newsflash! But he promised us in his word that he would always be with us. It doesn't mean he's always talking, but he's always with us. But we have an enemy that loves to take advantage sometimes of those silence moments and do what? Bring confusion. Bring chatter. Bring chatter. Try to bring white noise because what does that do? That can potentially begin to cloud the issue. If we're heading in the right direction, if we're going in the right direction, there may be no reason for God to say anything to us because there may be times where we do some soul searching and God goes, Tommy, Wes, Jackson, you're doing great. I am well pleased. Keep up the good work. Amen? There may not be anything to be said, but I'm so glad that I have a God who's willing to have the conversation with me. That's what I gain. That's what we gain when we're open to that, when we don't shy away from that process. That's the first thing. We gain an accurate picture of our current state of affairs. Where do we stand? The second thing that we gain is a deepening of our ability to trust him and his process because there are times where he will have something to say. There are times where we will come before him or he will draw us towards him and he will have something to say to us. It may be something, an answer that we have been crying and clawing out for or it may be something that maybe we didn't want to hear but we know we need to. When we come through that on the other side and there's victory, how many of you guys have ever been there before? Go ahead and raise your hand. How many of you guys have ever been through a process like that and came out victory on the other side? What happened on the other side of that? I gave God praise. I gave God praise for bringing me through. I gave God praise for fixing that thing in me, for restoring that thing in me, for showing me once again that he's real and it increased my trust in him. The same for you, I have no doubt, because that's what he's promised us, good things. The ability to trust in a loving God, that's a good thing. And then the last one is this, a closer relationship with him. When you have someone that you begin to build trust with, why is that? It's because you are growing closer in relationship with him. And just a reminder to all of us, God is a God of relationship. That's why he did what he did. For thousands of years, because of man's sin, there was a separation. And he decided that he was going to restore that close walk that he desired with Adam in the garden. That's why he sent Jesus. 
He didn't do away with the thousands of years and everything that he established. He sent Jesus to make it what? Complete. Because he wants completeness. He wants us whole. He wants us near him. You may have heard this before, but when you hear the word intimacy, obviously it, it probably conjures a lot of different you know, ideas, romantic ideas, husband-wife ideas, going out on dates, whatever you think of when you think of the word intimacy. But you may have heard it broken down this way. Into me, see. When I walk in a walk of intimacy with God, I have given him permission because he's already there and he already knows. But it comes in a relationship where God, into me, see, and let me know what's going on. Amen? Those are the amazing things that we gain. As we're drawing close to a close here, let me read a few more passages, all right? Um, Let's look again to the word of someone who walked through this process. Luke 22, 31 to 34 says, Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift you, all of you, as wheat. But I've prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. If you were Peter being told that, that would probably be a little weird. If you look at it in the context of Scripture, it does kind of come out of left field when Jesus is talking with them because they're all arguing about who's the greatest among them, and Jesus is telling them about being servants. If you want to be the greatest in God's kingdom, you've got to be a servant of all. Oh, by the way, Peter, um, Satan's asked to absolutely wreck you. Um, I've prayed that your faith won't fail, and um, when it does happen um, and you turn back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, verse 33, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times that you even know me. So I'm sure many of us have read that passage, know what happened there. The disciples for those three years had given Jesus permission to speak into their lives, to search their hearts And Jesus had just dropped a huge bomb into Peter's lap. What would he do with it? Well, obviously, most of us know the story. Peter did, in fact, deny Jesus all three times. Now, this no doubt created a huge amount of wear and tear on his soul. In fact, the Matthew account of uh, his denial, it says that he immediately, as soon as the rooster crowed, he left the area and he wept bitterly. Has anybody ever known what it means to weep? You can read it in a passage. You can write it. But how many of you have ever known what it means to weep bitter tears? To weep bitterly. Jesus knew that the devil wanted to shake Peter's faith to its core. Why? So that he could destroy one of the very leaders that God wanted to raise up for the new work that he would establish on the earth. And now, after having done exactly what he said to Jesus he would never do, Peter was left with his failure just hanging over him as Jesus was murdered and buried. But just as he, Jesus, was correct with what he revealed to Peter that he would do, Jesus did what he said he would do, and he came back. Can you imagine what Peter was thinking when he heard that? Oh, man, what am I going to say to him? Just put put yourself in Peter's shoes. You know, I mean, they all believed by the time he was crucified, you know, they, 
they believed him that he was going to do. He had, he had proven himself over three years. But you imagine the shock of him being crucified and being buried and those three days of uncertainty. And now he actually did what he had told them he was going to do. He rose. People have seen it. It's been verified. Can you imagine just the, just the, I can't even imagine what emotions Peter was going through at that moment. What am I going to say to him? Can you imagine those thoughts going through his mind after hearing that Jesus had risen? So let's look further into the word and see what was the outcome of a heart who had gone through things but had allowed Jesus to search him and speak what was found. So let's go to John chapter 21, verse 15 through 17. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? But think about it this way, church. He healed that love for every time he denied him. Three times he asked him. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. If I was Peter, I don't know what I'd be more concerned about. Jesus talking to me or Jesus not talking to me, right? I just wouldn't even know. But here they are, perhaps having one of the most important conversations they would have in their time together on earth. Jesus was asking what was inside of Peter. And Peter was declaring it, again, echoing King David, who had said thousands of years ago back in Psalm 139, verse 1, Lord, you've searched me, and you know everything about me. Right? We started off this message with that. You've searched me, and you know everything about me. Now here's Peter responding to Jesus. Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. I've no doubt there was utter desperation in his heart to show Jesus. Search me, Jesus. Look in here. Look and find the love inside of me. I know I failed. I know I did. But I'm not that guy today. I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy right now that I was three days ago. I love you, and I will live for you. Search me. You know I love you. Jesus knew Peter would stumble. He told him. But he also knew that he would not falter. He had searched him, and he had showed it to him. And Peter went from being a wounded disciple to the apostle who would help establish the church and spread the good news that is still being spread today. Amen? And if he did it for Peter, of course he can do it for us. You know, being Christ-like or Christian doesn't mean we're perfect. It means day by day we're being perfected into the perfect likeness of Christ When we stop resisting God's process in our lives, we will recognize that our failings shouldn't drive us away from him, but draw us towards him. In closing, I want to share one final story. So this week, I was pulling up to uh, get my food at the Gourmet Golden Arches, known also as McDonald's. Yeah. And ahead of me in the drive-thru line was a vehicle with a personalized uh, plate that simply read, Sales sales, S-A-I-L-S. And uh, it reminded me of this song that had been released a few years ago by Pat Barrett. Pat Barrett's the guy who wrote Good, Good Father and uh, Build My Life. And um, 
right as I saw the license plate, that's immediately what I thought of was that song. And I thought to myself, I was like, man, I should really listen to that song. That's a good song. I haven't listened to that song in a while. And then I let that thought kind of pass. I was like, I guess I'll do it later. And um, so I pulled into a waiting spot because they had to bring my food to me. And so um, in order to, you know, pass the time, I did what many of us do whenever we're trying to kill five minutes, Facebook or Instagram. And um, so one of the things that I like to do on Facebook is um, I like to take a look at um, my memories. You know, there's a section there where you can go and look at the memories of on this day, this is what you've done. This is all the posts that you've made since you've been on Facebook on this particular day. I just, I like to just go back and look. Sometimes I find old pictures of my kids. I find, okay, it's just, it's just something I really do. It, it encourages me a lot. And when I happened to click on that day right there as I'm sitting waiting in the McDonald's drive-thru, it threw up a memory of an Instagram post that I had made on that exact day three years prior, and it was this. And I said, okay, all right, you got my attention. Okay. So I did immediately. Um, I I immediately put the song on, (laughs) and I started to listen to it, and I've been listening to it all week. And the funny thing is, before God had even really firmed up in me what he wanted to share today, the message that he wanted to speak, I had these words in my heart. And um, it's really, really interesting. As I listened to the song, like I said, over and over and over again this past week, here's the message from it that is echoed. And what I believe he wants to encourage us with today, I don't want to try and over-explain the lyrics, but I did just want to share them with you. They're very simple. You see them on the screen. It says, falling is easy. Staying in love is hard. Hard to be honest and keep your heart open to be who we truly are without the excuses, without the facade. There's no pretending here in your love. Oh, Lord, set me free. Oh, Lord, set me free. I'm finally seeing you were here all along. Your love wasn't absent. No, it doesn't come or go. The image I've had is starting to fail. You're patient with me. Lifting the veil, oh Lord, set me free. Oh Lord, set me free. I let out the sails of my heart. Here I am. Here you are. I let out the sails of my heart. Here I am and here you are. You know, it's true. Jesus is always there. He always was. He is. And he always will be. Even in the moments where we've messed up or we're afraid to look deeper and let him search us. Guys, there's no point in trying to put on some sort of happy face or trying to pretend. We can't pretend with God because he's always been there and he already knows. But he's always there for us in spite of it. You know, look, that's why we don't need to do the opposite and always walk around with a woe is me face or always think that there's something wrong with us. That's not the point either. That's not the point of today's message. It's recognizing that we walk with God and as such, we know where to go when times arise and we know that if he has something to say, it's for our good. Walking out this process of continually letting God search us and make us more like him It also doesn't give us the license to do whatever we want because he's still working on me. Instead, we should realize that we are works in progress, that Christ himself is personally overseeing. It's like the best father-child garage project ever. 
You know, if he cares that much about us, we should not be afraid to be open and vulnerable with him and have him not only know the things that we're struggling with, but also be able to let us know when there's things he sees, things that need to be addressed and things that need to be worked on. In our vulnerability, we find his strength. And in this way, we not only become more whole, but we become more like him. Amen? And we stand to our feet this morning. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer right now. Lord, Psalm 139 starts off with, Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know everything about me. Everything about me. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that we would just recognize, God. You know, maybe there's some of us, God, that that realize the truth of this message and maybe it was just an, an assurance to them or to us, God, that we're doing the right thing. But, Lord, I pray that we would remember, God, that there's no point in pretending. God, there's no point in trying to put on a face whenever we come before you, Lord. Whenever we're in fellowship, Lord, you know everything about us. And so, God, if you already know everything, then, Lord, I pray that we would not be afraid to be vulnerable and ask, God, what do you see? Lord, you know my heart. You know I love you, just like Peter told you all those years ago. But, God, I recognize Lord, I pray that we recognize this morning that, God, as we just travel down the road of life, God, sometimes there's just wear and tear that happens. There's things that happen. There's things that go on. Lord, we have people in our lives, Lord, that go through things, or we have people in our lives that do things to us. God, sometimes there's no fault of our own. Lord, there's wear, there's tear. And though we know we can trust in you, sometimes, God, those things can make marks, God, that we we might not even recognize. And down the road, Lord, it becomes something inside of us, Lord, that begins to eat away at us, and it needs to be addressed. That's why, God, you've made it so clear that you want to be in relationship with us. Because, God, you see us, you know us, and you love us in spite of it. You gave your life to save us. Even as that song says, you're patient with me. You lifted the veil. When Jesus came and died, that veil was torn. You made it possible, Lord, that we could come and be right with you. Not from afar, not far off, but, Lord, right there with you. So, God, I pray this morning, Lord, that we would let out the sails of our heart, Lord. That we would not try to hold the canvas in, God, because we're afraid that those sails might get torn or they might get damaged. There's vulnerability that happens whenever we're open to you. It's a reality. But, God, you're with us every step of the way. Here I am. Here you are. And I thank you, God, for what you've spoken to us. Thank you, Lord, that you don't want to be far away from us. You want to be as close with us, God, as we will be with you. And even more so, God. Lord, and as you take us from mountaintop to valley below to the next mountaintop, Lord, as we walk with you, God, every step of the way, that you bring us closer to you in ways that we can't even imagine. And I'm so grateful for it, God. We thank you, Jesus. But if there's any part of this message that has touched you this morning, And you just need to come and spend some time at these altars, whether it's coming to someone or just coming down and kneeling before these altars. And if that's the case, no one's going to mess with you. It just needs to be you and Jesus or if there's someone you want to pray with. But if you say this morning, God, I just need you to search me. God, I just need you to search me. Then these altars are open. And if there's anyone in here that has said before, God, you know what? In my heart today, I realize that there's been some things that are lacking and that I can't put my finger on and that I have not surrendered my life to you. If you want to surrender your life to God this morning, then 
they're prepared to do that here at these altars as well. But as we recognize that God has made it possible and made it available for us, I pray that we would not shy away from it because it might be difficult or it might make us vulnerable, that we would recognize that He's promised to be with us there in every moment. The moments of victory and the moments where He has to work with us. Amen. So in final closing, God, I thank you so much that we don't have to pretend with you, God. We don't have to put on some sort of face. And we thank you, God, that you're not here to, Lord, in this process to keep us under your thumb or to embarrass us or to shame us and say, look what you did, you garbage individual. That's not your heart. Lord, you speak to us and you draw us, God, so that you can continually make us more like you and make us whole. And so, God, I thank you for that. Thank you so much for your power and for your life. Lord, that restored Peter and set him out to do exactly what you told him that he would do. When you turn, strengthen your brothers, and he did just that. Not only did he strengthen his brothers, but Lord, he encouraged a church, Lord, that spread and spread your good news. And we stand here in this room today because of the good news that was spread. And so, Lord, let us continue to trust in you, walk with you. And it's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.